Well, well, well. Fall is upon us. If you take a step outside your front door, you'll get hit with that fresh, crisp fall air. You might think of raking leaves. You might think of college football. You might think of Halloween. But I'm thinking about playoff wiffle ball, baby. This is the Pipe It Up Podcast. Cue the intro. Ah, Jack, do you think personally, do you have anything, any traits about you, big or small, that you don't necessarily like about yourself? Say that again, that I what about myself? That That I don't like about myself? That you don't like about yourself. Do you have any traits that you have? Um, yes, like a million. million. Um, to one, I'm not organized really at all. Like I like, I show up on time to stuff like, but like I turn my stuff in on time, but I just feel like I, I'm just kind of scattered a lot of the time. Like a lot of my stuff's just scattered. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's not, I, I kind of agree. I, 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 like I said, I always get stuff done, but I can be, my brain feels scattered sometimes. It helps me. I got to write stuff down. I got to make like a list, like a checklist, something like that to make sure I'm getting everything done that I need to, especially nowadays. But yeah, the reason I bring this up is because, I mean, I do things that I may not like about myself, big and small. Um, some things that I know are kind of bad, but it's just kind of me and you know, I embrace it. But one thing that is driving me crazy, because it's happened like three times this summer, is my impatience not in general but impatience when it comes to food every time i swear to you every time i get pizza either out of the oven a frozen pizza or at a restaurant i always burn the roof of my mouth like no other and it just gets fried and then i'm in pain for like four days it just happened to me at dinner today but you don't even notice it at the time. You're so hungry. Like, oh. You're like, oh, that's kind of hot. And then like <laughs> later that evening, you're like, your tongue will touch the top of your throat or the top of your like, the roof of your mouth, and it's just pain. You're doing that thing with your mouth where you're like trying to cool it down you're while like, it's still in your mouth, but it just doesn't work. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just that's not true. gonna work. Well, that's like, the you should have waited five more minutes before yeah, sinking your teeth into that pizza, but you just had to take a bite. That's the problem, because you take a bite of that pizza, and if it's a firm pie, that crust and sauce, you, you crack, and it just goes straight to the roof. And then it's just gl- oh, yeah. glued to the roof of your mouth, just absolutely cooking that thing medium rare. I mean, it happens to me all the time. Like, the roof of my mouth will literally peel, and it's terrible. I, I have do that with coffee. Mouth. I do that with, like, coffee <laughs> and drink. hot chocolate all the time. Because I'm just, like, <laughs> wake up, like, morning cup of joe, go to sip it. And oh, my mom, actually, this summer, so we got a new coffee maker, and she was still, like, kind of getting the hang of it. And I guess for some reason she couldn't tell whether the pot was, like, on or off still. So this coffee had been sitting there for a while. Mm-hmm. And I asked her, like, is the is the is the – pot on like is the burner on like is the coffee still hot and she goes no so i pour the cup of coffee you don't really look at it basically the burner was on the whole time and the coffee was just completely like it was just fresh coffee fresh hot coffee burn the roof of my mouth burn the back <laughs> of my throat Dude, hot, and that was what i was dealing with for a week hot drinks are like a whole other level of pain my, the first burn i ever got in my entire life i still remember this i was so embarrassed I was probably, I, I was young. I was less than 10 years old. Let's call it like seven. And it was a cold day. I was out somewhere with like, I was either like 
with my grandparents or like it was something with a family because I remember I think my grandparents were there and so were my parents and sisters. So it was a, it was a family ordeal. We were out at a Coney Island here in Michigan. It was either like a Kirby's Coney Island or a Leo, something like that. And I ordered a hot chocolate. My mom got me a hot chocolate. And, like, my brain, I'm telling you, I was young, young. My brain wasn't even fully developed yet. But I was all excited to drink this hot chocolate. And it wasn't like I was at home. My mom would be like, oh, it's, like, don't drink it yet. It's too hot, whatever. they just bring it to me. And I, it was in a straw, too. So I just, I'm excited. I got a big old smile on my face. I just grabbed this thing and suck. And my tongue got just obliterated. It was so hot. And I remember I was like... Like, I was like, oh, and I was, like, basically crying. I was like, oh, you burn your tongue. And, and the waitress was still there. Like, she was just giving the drinks. I literally grabbed mine and drank and just fried my mouth. And I guess what? She gave me a free chocolate milkshake because I burned my tongue. So, pro tip wow. out there. If you're young, enough to, if you're young enough to pass as a, a stupid kid who burns himself on food, do it. Because you'll get a free milkshake out of it. and uh, Or at least fake like you did. Because for me, it, it That's great up. customer service. That's the worst when you're basically just walking around for a week with negative taste buds on your oh, tongue. Oh, yeah, it was negative. And you just, it, it's like it hurts to eat. It also just doesn't taste good because you have no, you, you just burned off basically all your sensitive pieces of your tongue. Yep. And it's just, it's such a snap decision that just ruins so much of your life. Well, that's like with the pizza too. What started this whole discussion is because, yeah, I've had to have done that. 20 plus times in my life but yeah every time still it doesn't look that hot and then you bite into it and the next thing you know you got cheese and sauce just grilling your mouth and i mean I, my tongue hurts right now too but like i said at the time i don't know if it's because i burned myself so many times that like now i'm hypersensitive to it but eating that pizza out i didn't like notice like ah, i'm burning my mouth it was just like now it's burnt i can feel it it's very burnt. yeah so i really want a pizza now yeah the pizza i had was was kind of <laughs> it, it was a deep dish pizza and it, it was wasn't just, delivery. It was DiGiorno. No, 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 no. This was at a restaurant. I just burned my mouth. But oh. um, it was a deep dish pie. But it was there was the the bread to like actual like foundation of the pie was just there was way too much crust. Like it was like an eight corner pizza type thing to where like there was corners in the middle too. So it was like kind of like two oh, yeah. separate mini pizzas. And like yeah, the corner pieces. I'm talking like. 75% to 25%. 75% was bread, and then the rest of it was, like, the cheese and toppings. Like, it was... It's like I was eating breadsticks. Mm. Like, it was it was kind of... I don't know. The sauce was good. Like, the pieces that were, like, more towards the middle, where it was just, like, crust on one edge, were good pieces of pizza. But the corner pieces, even though I'm a big corner guy myself, I'm usually the corner crook. I'm stealing all the corners. But, oh, yeah. uh... I was gonna ask, is that, like, your... Is that your first pick for a type of pizza like you definitely go deep dish if you have the option so i mean i'm not like chicago style deep dish like that's like eating a pie almost but like detroit style like jets pizza or like if we're in like buddy if you if you're in michigan you know buddy's pizza like that pizza is the best for sure in my opinion i, I like yeah, i like corner I piece i like a good crisp crust i don't like too much crust i'll eat, i'll even i like a thin crust from time to time but um, I think the old Detroit-style pizza, you know, I guess it is deep dish, but it's not like Chicago deep dish type thing. That's that's my favorite kind of pizza. What about you? I I definitely uh, would go deep dish, like Detroit-style. Mm -hmm. um, but one one type of pizza or crust, really, that changed my life for a while while I was in high school was the garlic crust from Hungry Howie's. I mean, I'm sure you could get it at any, like, sort mm -hmm. of pizza franchise, but this... That that 
like I said, changed my life. Like I was religiously ordering Hungry Howie's and now I'm back to, to Jets really, mostly from the influence of my parents, but I really like that garlic crust. Yeah. Jets has got a good barbecue chicken pizza. Are you into that or no? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I don't good. really discriminate like when it comes to pizza. <laughs> it's good. I'm yeah. Glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> um yeah, I think Do you put pineapple on your pizza? I don't want to get into this, but come on. I'm I'm not a hater. I, if I'm the one ordering pizza, I'm not going to order pineapple on it. But if someone orders a pineapple and ham, like Hawaiian style pizza, I'm going to eat it. Like I don't hate it, kind of thing. But I don't know. Are you are you a, are you a you're a Hawaiian pizza. Hawaiian pie lover? Hawaiian's probably my favorite. A Hawaiian deep dish is. I feel Ooh. honestly, I'm Great. I'm uh, I'm doing the, I'm doing the league dirty. We shouldn't even even be having a pizza discussion on this podcast without the Schultzes because I think they eat more pizza than anybody else in the league. But. Um, I guess maybe we'll have to catch up with Kyle or Daniel one of these days. I haven't heard from Dan. The man's basically a stranger at this point. The kid goes away to school finally, and all the COVID guidelines have cooled off here in Michigan a bit. I haven't haven't heard from that guy in weeks. Who knows what he's doing? He could be could be a whole different man by now. I don't know. I haven't seen him. But that's that's how she goes. You gotta keep tabs on Dan. You gotta keep tabs. These kids. They we go can't out. let him get into trouble at school. I know. I'm worried about him. I'm, I, I sent him a text. No response. Give him a FaceTime. No response. Declines. When did you send him a text? That that may or may not have happened, but regardless, Dan, <laughs> I, I miss you, buddy, and uh, it's been too long, and I feel like you're you're doing us dirty here, leaving us out to dry, you're hanging me out to dry here in Brighton. I go all the way to Indy for the national tournament. You didn't come with us. I want. I wonder if he's coming to Pennsylvania. I don't even know at this point. He's a, he's a, been a wild card lately. That's all I got to say about Dirty Dan. I miss you too, Dan. For the record. Uh, we'll have to try to get him on the show. Maybe after the NLDS he has against the Gators. Well, yeah, we got to talk. We got to talk playoffs, Jack. Like I said, it's yeah. playoff wiffle ball time. This is tis the season for some some of the best wiffle ball you'll you'll ever uh, lay your eyes on. And we got mm-hmm. a little glimpse of that, I think, last week. Cobra's Magic, one of the more electric series that we have year in and year out. Definitely a rivalry, if not the best rivalry right now in MLW. Um, Jack, lay it on me. What what'd you see? What'd you enjoy? How'd it go? Well, definitely uh definitely saw Trevor in a purple jersey and enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um to combine both your questions there. And I thought obviously um Drew at the plate was pretty scary, hitting all those home runs. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, you know, I thought that Trevor pitched really well. Like he wasn't, he, those weren't bad pitches that were getting hit. Um, it was really just drew hitting the crap out of the ball. And, Oh, you know, although the Cobras didn't really have their full team, they were missing Baron and Durand. I thought that, uh, the magic really, really showed the potential of what the, this true team can be this full team. Now with this addition of Trevor and, um, I was very impressed with him both on the mound and obviously at the plate in this series. Yeah, I liked what I saw from the Magic squad. I mean, Trevor, his bat surprised me, first of all. I mean, I knew the kid could hit. We've seen flashes of it while he was on the Mallards. But um, to go out there and look as confident as he did in his first series, a lot of eyes on him, a lot of pressure on him. Uh, I was pretty impressed. I cannot lie. I mean, I was like out of a movie. Trevor gets traded to the Magic. They're looking to make a postseason push with him. They get they get their guy. He leaves the Mallards, and uh, he... Ends up hitting a two-run walk-off home run to send the Magic to the postseason, clinching their spot. I mean, I was super happy for him. Um, and like I said, 
some of the stuff in this league seems rigged. We joked it's rigged, but um, it's not rigged. And the fact that stuff like that happens is just crazy um, and really cool, to be honest. It's, some special moments have been created. Another one there with Trevor Bonham. Um, but, yeah, you commented on Drew. I absolutely think that he, uh, he got the better of Trevor in terms of uh, Drew being at the plate. He looked very, very confident against Trevor to the point where it was like almost automatic of him hitting the ball hard near the end of that series. So I think that's got to be weighing on Trevor a bit heading into the postseason in this next matchup. I think Drew has the upper hand there in that matchup. But um, I don't know, how does, how does Bonham adjust from that? And what do you say as a manager in that scenario? Well, I mean, you kind of you kind of take it with a, a grain of salt to some extent. Um, like I said, I didn't think Trevor pitched poorly. But, um, you know, I thought Jason really excelled um, in that second game. And I don't know. We'll see. We might have to mix up a thing or two um, going into the playoff series just to kind of keep the covers on their toes. But overall, I think obviously the addition of Bonham, like you said, him at the plate was he was tremendous and uh what do you and you know what do you say about gus though on the cobras we we joke about him being a meme but i was i was pretty impressed i i mean he struck me out like he he got some outs and uh just you know it was so awesome to see him out there wasn't it yeah i was very impressed by gus um you know we talked to him last week and we talked about you know how it is you know being a guy who's kind of viewed as a meme or this or that and whatnot, but he went out there and showed that he can play a little wiffle ball. You know, he's nothing to be, he's no easy out at the plate. At the mound, he's going to throw you strikes. He might even get you out. And, um, you know, I was there for that series, obviously filming behind the camera, but um, it had been a couple weeks since that occurred. And going back and putting in the stats, I was like, wow, Gus threw, you know, a couple scoreless innings here. He got on base a few times. I mean, he gave Drew Davis everything he had in that series, and they really needed it. You know, they gutted out game three and got themselves a spot in the playoffs. Um, so you, if you're Drew, if you're Sean Flynn, if you're Andy, if you're Barron, who weren't at that, at that series, you got to be thrilled with Gus's performance. I mean, especially because they're playing the Magic again in the ALDS. This is a guy who's shown that, you know, he can have positive reps against a squad, a good team. So um, I think if you're Drew, you got to – you can't just say, oh, Gus, there's no shot he's playing in this next series. I mean – he showed that he has potential. What do you think about that? Would you play him if it was you? Um, would I play him in the next series? Mm-hmm. I think with, um, you know, obviously assuming that the Cobras will do everything in their power to get Baron back, it's hard to think that Drew could go from, you know, either himself pitching uh, or Baron and default to Gus. But, I mean... Anything can happen. We'll see who they show up with on uh, on game day. But overall, you know, like I said, I was super impressed with Gus. I think he surpassed expectations from both Drew and the fans as well, mm-hmm. um, which is always cool to see. Put some respect and, on his name, baby. Uh, yeah, put some respect on that name. And, uh, yeah, just looking forward to getting another chance to play those guys again. Yeah, I'm super excited, you know. Just as someone involved with the league, filming and all that kind of stuff, I'm I'm thrilled to see that series happen again, this time with even higher stakes. So um, I can't wait. I can't wait for the fans to see. Um, and it's just the intensity in that series is unlike any other one. Um, I think part of the reason with True Davis, uh, who brings a lot of energy. Jack, you're a guy who brings a lot of energy and likes to spark the squad. 
we now get to see kind of the team chemistry of Trevor Bonham and Jason Chadwick, two lifelong friends. So um, it's going to be a great environment at the Meadows for the ALDS. But speaking of Drew, Drew and I, you know, I mentioned Drew's name a couple times last week on the podcast, and there was there was no there was no harm intended on my end. But uh, I haven't talked to Drew directly, but apparently he wasn't too pleased with what I had to say. I heard uh, heard through the grapevine that Drew's a little upset. So um, I, I sent him a text this morning. I said, "Hey, man, we got to squash the beef out. I'm pipe it up." But he got back to me saying he couldn't he couldn't talk today. So um, we're going to wait. We're going to settle this live on the air and pipe it up for you guys to hear, and we'll see what Drew has to say. But, I mean, it wasn't – what do you think, Jack? Was, did what I say, was it, was, it, was it wrong? Was it false? I mean, I feel like I was, I was just saying what I see. I mean, that's how, that's how I say it. Yeah, no, I think, uh, like always, Tom, you were just being a pretty straight shooter and calling it like it was. I mean, I, like if, if Drew has a – if Drew disagrees or wants to, like, talk about it, I'd love to be the uh, – the mediator obviously i said some things too but i'd love to mediate the uh squashing of the beef so to speak if we could uh, eventually get him on here on his old podcast oh we'll get him on he comes on here like like as he should he ran he ran the show here for a while he comes on here very well spoken uh he likes to address the fans as his own which a lot of them are so i'll give him the props but um maybe me and drew need to just put on the put on the gloves here and go a couple rounds together in the off season scrap a little bit <laughs> that actually be hey, so I'll, funny I'll I, I would be pretty cool I, that'd be some good content. even if i was 100% healthy i would was still would not want to fight drew drews i feel like like i would take down a bang energy and maybe uh, some smelling salts and just i feel like he would probably beat me up pretty bad let's be honest here he's definitely he's definitely one of those guys that has he's got that switch you know, I feel like he's he never, got that switch when it comes to fight or flight and it's time to fight. He, he's he got that switch. Well, in a boxing match, I feel like it'd be a little better, although he's probably got about 40 pounds on me and four inches. But like actually yeah, like street street fight, I'd have no shot whatsoever against Drew. He's just, not only is he bigger and stronger, but he's just too, he's way more energetic than me. And he's more got he's more fiery. I don't know. He's more. He's just more Drew. I'm not Drew. I don't know how else to say it. But Drew, you're a lover, not a fighter, anyway, Tom. So uh, it wouldn't work out. Am I? I guess I, I don't know. I think I'm kind of in the middle. I'm, I'm not. I'm not definitely not a fighter. But am I a lover, Jack? Who do I love? I, lo- <laughs> I love you. Oh, <laughs> uh, I love you too. Oh, uh, gosh. Well, Drew, let me know. Give me a call. Give me a text. We'll set it up. We'll we'll smooth it out, as we always do. But looking at the playoffs in a broader sense, obviously we have a great matchup in the American League. On the National League side, we have a great matchup too. I am so excited for everyone to see this postseason unfold in MLW. Um, you know, in the American League, obviously another great matchup is going to be coming. Drew's got to have a lot of confidence in the plate after doing so well against Trevor, but he has to have some concerns as they did lose that series. Um, I think he's got to be really focused on getting his whole roster there, getting his best set of guys out there, and look for other guys to produce the plate besides just him. Um, and then just staying focused on the mound as well for him. I think the keys for the magic in that one are going to be, um, you know, number one, Bonham's got to be careful if he's pitching. Got to make sure he keeps Drew on his toes. Don't let him get so confident again because we saw Drew hit the ball out with, you know, not much issue against Trevor. So if I had to pick one way or the other, I got to go with the magic just because I feel like the excitement's there, the energy's there, um, the story's written for them. You know, they make the playoffs, they get Trevor, they get their other ace. Everything's been going right for this team lately. I think they keep it going. 
Jack, I think it's Wands Up on my end. Well, much appreciated, Tom. Definitely going Wands Up on my end as well. I think, uh, you know, the only thing that could really change the outcome of the series um, and, you, you know what I mean, like not the same thing that happened in this most recent series would just be those additions of Baranowski and Duran because obviously they come with some firepower mm-hmm. and, you know, that's really their their core three that they've had this year um, or four with Sean Flynn. So I think if uh, Drew's able to get them there, it'll definitely be a little bit more competitive, but um, I'm confident we can change up some stuff on the mound and, and uh, keep Drew, you know, not, not so aggressive, keep him on his heels a little bit at the plate and uh, we'll be fine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Best of luck to you in the magic in that series, Jack. Looking over at the National League, another tough one to predict. You know, just so much talent now. It's it's crazy. We say it every year because it's true. It gets better and better and better. Um, I touched on the Gators last week about how they're kind of, you know, I, I don't really know if they're legit or not because they have they swept the Mallards. That kind of led to them being able to make the postseason. Um, they did play the Eagles tough. How the, every, the Eagles did beat them two out of three in that series. Now, if I had to choose there. I probably, I think I'm going to take the Eagles in that one. I don't know. It's tough. I really liked what I saw for Dallas Allen against the Gators. He looked very confident out there. He was taking good, healthy hacks at the plate, and he pitched pretty well too, I thought. Um, Daniel, he's just a guy who can deliver at any time, at any moment. And to me, the Gators have just been a little bit too inconsistent this year. The Eagles have looked pretty solid ever since their first series against the Diamondbacks. So I'll take the Eagles. Jack, who do you got? Yeah, I think this series is really interesting. Um, also, just because we saw these teams recently play. But I think when it comes down to it, the Eagles are the Eagles, and you're going to, you kind of know what you're going to get from them. It's consistent, consistent play, consistent pitching um, from Dan. And we've seen Dallas improve a lot. Um, and obviously, the addition of Blade Walker, we'll see what, uh, what Dan does and how he mix and matches his lineup. And then when you look on the flip side with the Gators, it's kind of like, you know, if they're hot, if they're on that day, uh, it's they're, it's going to be tough to beat them. But it's kind of just a crapshoot on what Gators you are going to get that day. Um, so I think, like, if I'm filling out a March Madness bracket and I'm going for the, you know, the best possible outcome, I'd probably pick the Eagles as well. Like, it's the consistent pick because, like I said, you know, the Gators – you never know what you're going to get, and they might not show up that day. But I know for a fact Dan will show up. Mm-hmm. And the the only thing I will say is the flip side of that coin, if the Gators do get hot at the right time and are able to beat the Eagles, I think that the Gators do have a better shot at beating the Diamondbacks than the Eagles do. Just because I feel like um, – a lot like other sports, wiffle ball is just a game of runs. And if they're able to get that momentum getting through the Eagles, I think the Diamondbacks, you know, maybe sitting a couple of weeks or whatever, not having a game for a while, they could they could sort of ride that momentum and maybe uh, sneak up on the Diamondbacks. Interesting. Interesting. I like that take. I like that take. I agree that like some teams you think that, you know, in a matchup, they may have a certain leg up versus another team just based on the way that they, you know, line up against each other and I'm um, compared to a different squad. So, interesting take. Um, personally, 
I feel like I, I don't see anyone getting past the Diamondbacks at this point. I was sold on the Gators doing it after they played us. I was like, this team is repeating for sure. But now, after facing the Eagles, they kind of came back down to earth and back to reality a little bit, I think. I'm sure we'll learn a lot more in the NLDS. We'll see what they show, if they can even win that series. So, out of the National League, I got the D-backs heading to the World Series. Out of the American League, I got to go with the Wildcats, I think, just because of how consistent they've been. Um, I know the Magic are kind of hot right now, and I'd say they'd make, they could make you know a potential Cinderella story-type run to the World Series. But I really, in my better judgment, I just can't pick against the Wildcats right now just based on the pure consistency of Kyle Schultz, Nick Saylor at the plate, as well as Ryan Kelly, a veteran who can get on base, and Jackson Pearson, who showed that he can play some wiffle ball as well. Jack, if you can do your best unbiasedly, who would you take in the American League? Um, in the American League, unbiasedly, you know, like I said, I, I think we will be able to take care of the Cobras. But um, if if I'm being realistic, you know, the Wildcats are, are they're just so consistent on all levels. I think especially at the plate, um, they're just a really hard team to get by all the time. And, you know, us having two different arms might help specifically, you know, thrown to those batters and keeping them off balance, switching things up. That could be a leg up for us against them if we were able to get through. But if I'm being realistic and, uh, you know, I really had to think about it as, as confident as I am that we can get to the World Series, I know we can. I know the potential of my team. I'd probably have to go with the Wildcats out of the AL. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a fair pick. I respect that. I respect that. We also took to Instagram to ask some fans what they thought of their playoff predictions as well. This was intended on being a live call-in segment with the fans. However, between Instagram not working all day, as well as Logic, our podcast software, crashing in the middle of our earlier recording session, we lost about 30 minutes of footage, we uh, we no longer have fan call-ins. So, I'll do my best to recall what we heard. We first spoke with AJ. AJ was sporting the Pipe It Up MLW merch, which I'd love to see. And AJ was on the same page as me. He's got the Eagles coming out of the NLDS. Um, he likes Daniel, big Daniel fan. He's been riding with the Eagles for a long time, it sounds like. And then on the American League side, he's got the Magic. He's got his wands up, and he is ready to go see Bonham lead the Magic to another series victory against the Cobras. So thank you, AJ, once again for calling in. We also heard from one more fan by the name of Brandon. Brandon called in and shared that he also had the Magic winning the series against the Cobras, but he is riding with the Gators to take down the Eagles. So based on what we've heard and seen in the DMs, it looks like we got a lot of Magic fans out there rooting hard for Bonham, Chadwick, Agner, Curdy, Jackson. Quite a star-studded roster, I must say. But on the National League side, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of controversy, a lot of people who um, are a little bit unsure of what to expect. I think people can make the argument that the American League is now the more talented division, um, even though the National League has the Diamondbacks, a good team. But I think we've seen um, saw the Eagles struggle earlier in the year, and then we've seen the Gators kind of be uh, up and down this season. So um, that series could go either way, and uh, Brandon took the Gators. So thank you guys for calling in. To all the fans who DM'd us or tried to DM us, we appreciate it, but technology was not on our side today. Praying that this logic file we're recording right now does not crash at some point. So if you're hearing this, thumbs up. I'm a happy guy. <laughs> and if you never hear this, that's a shame. But okay, let's take a short break. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay, it is now time for today's Q of the Day. Q. 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 Of the Day. Thank you, everyone who is submitting questions week in and week out. If you'd like to submit a question for the question of the day yourself, please submit them to at PipeItUpMLW on Instagram. Today's question comes from Josh Steven, and he asked, Do we think that there is a chance that the league will ever implement a trade deadline? With Trevor going to the Magic so late in the season, will there ever be rules to preventing a trade like this to be just used in the playoffs or just an overall deadline halfway through the season? Thanks, guys. I think this is a great question, and um, I think this is something that probably everyone in the league has been thinking about, and it's been moderately discussed. Um, I guess I can provide my viewpoint on the situation as of right now. So, as the current rule stands, a player must appear in one series for a, a team in order to play for them in the postseason. So, like, Trevor being traded to the Magic before their final series allowed him to play in that final series, and therefore he is eligible to play for the Magic in the postseason. So if Trevor had been traded after the, Ma- the Mallards' final series, he would not have been able to play in the Magic's final series and therefore would not have been able to play in the playoffs. Jack, do you think that this is enough time to establish yourself on a roster, or do you think that the trade deadline should happen a little bit earlier in the season? What's your opinion on it? Yeah, well, obviously, as it is, I, I, I like not having a trade deadline, but... Um, I think really, really what it is, is if there's a trade deadline, I just don't think there's going to be as many trades. Like we already don't have that many trades and this perfect example of getting Bonham was we were kind of a fringe team, um, on the outside looking in, but we had an opportunity and we really wanted to capitalize on it. And this this rule allowed us to do that. Now, um, are the Predators fans out there maybe you know wiping away some tears? Yeah, that might be that might be the case. But um, I think that you know overall, like the the trading and all that stuff is is really good content, really good material, and it just keeps things really interesting. And I think if you implement a trade deadline people and managers are just going to be less inclined to trade during the season, at least in the off season, obviously it's different rules, but yeah, I think um, because the season's so short, you know, overall, I mean, it's 15 games, but it is short. It's, you know, you play on five different days. That's it. So if you were to bump it, you know, to where a player had to appear in two series, I think people would really struggle to commit to make big blockbuster trades. Like we saw this year, just because, like, the reason Trevor didn't get traded until after our series against the Gators is because I still had full confidence in us to make the playoffs, you know? It wasn't until that series against the Gators that we were actually, you know, eliminated from playoff contention. Now, there was still one series remaining, so Trevor was able to make that move. But or anything ear- earlier than that, there's no way I would have wanted to dump Trevor because I still wanted him on my team, you know what I mean? So I, I kind of like, even though it's not really called a trade deadline, I like this rule that we have in place right now. 
However, as the league grows, things change. We hear, we learn, we hear more opinions, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if there is an official trade deadline in some capacity established. Like I said, there kind of already is based on the rule I just told you. But we don't, I guess we don't really call it a trade deadline necessarily. You know, we could have it like a date on a calendar. It could be that kind of thing where it's really intense. So things can change. Um, it's just a wiffle ball league. We're learning as we go. And uh, let us know what you think. Send us a DM on Pipe It Up. Send us a DM on MLW and let, you, let us know what you think about uh, the trade deadline situation. Another rule we implemented this year, um, Kyle and I were kind of referring to it as the Liam Jackson rule, is that any player that you saw appear in any sort of game this season was had to be listed prior to the draft on the 2021 like MLW draft board slash players board. So, say Jack heard that Liam Jackson had another friend who apparently was really good at wiffle ball. Jack can't just kind of like keep that name and phone number in his back pocket and not say anything to anybody else. And then all of a sudden in August, give this kid a call and throw a purple t-shirt on him and have him play for the Magic. He had to have had that player's information already on a, you know, a list of players who were eligible to appear in this season. Therefore, before I want to draft a player, I could say... Hey Jack, who's this kid? I see that I see your name next to this player as the one who added him. You know what can you tell me about him? And Jack could say, "Oh, he's Liam's friend. I think he could be a, a good player. Um, all that kind of stuff." And then I could ask around and try to figure out more. Maybe give the kid a call. All that kind of stuff. So that just established, you know, a more fair playing field. So that way, guys can't have you know secret outlets kind of up their sleeve to then pull out later in the season to try to spring a surprise on a team or something like that. So. Every player you've seen appear this year, whether it's a free agent or someone who was drafted, they were well-known and available to everybody in the league. You know, guys like Davenport, McGlade, they were on a board prior to the season as eligible players. So I, I like that addition, if you guys didn't know about that. Yeah, I, I also like that addition. Um, obviously, like, I got, like, I heard a lot and just, I wouldn't say flack, but definitely people, um, you know, talking about this, how I was just able to add Liam and, for the record, we're not letting Jimmy Narp off the hook either because he did the same thing with yes, Jonah he Heath. Yes, he did. Who, who uh, I don't know if you guys know, but he's pretty good, and he can hit the ball pretty far too. I think he won. Didn't he win the home run derby? He did. Oh yeah, he did with the home he run. Smacked derby. like a billion dingers. Yeah, he hit like a million. Um, a but no, he is also uh, in the the asterisks of that rule. He's but I think it's best for the league that we did that because. It's just a lot more transparency. It's a lot more um, clear and logistical as to how you can sign a player. And also, it's just sort of like it's cool to be able to um, see what, you know, who everyone else is adding. Like we had uh, we had another column on that board was like age. So there were, mm -hmm. you know, there were kids on there who were like four, like I think maybe the youngest was like 15, maybe all the way up to like 21. So like that's pretty cool to see. You know, obviously giving younger kids, like, a chance in the league. Yep, yeah, we had, like, the requirements was, you know, who added them. So, like, a guy like Davenport who reached out to me on social media. Um, like, I'd say it had my name, it had his name, it had his social media information. Um, it's like how you could contact him, like, via DM or whatever. It had his age, his city, and then, like, baseball slash sports experience. So, like, for a guy like Davenport, it said, like, play travel baseball. Or, like, a guy like um curdy curdy was on this list and it was like from trenton friends with yeah. you know the guys who were already drafted that kind of thing so 
just to give all the managers a, a general sense of what's going on, who's available, and who's interested in that kind of thing. So a pretty cool and unique feature. Um, maybe next year we can make that draft board public so you guys can see actually whose name may be called in the draft video. I think that could be a cool idea that I just thought of. So, <sighs> guys, it's been a long, it's been a long evening. It may only be a 30 to 40 minute podcast, but Jack and I were down here for two hours grinding in our, in our separate states. <laughs> Unfortunately, as we mentioned, we had a crash earlier, so we apologize to those who tr- called in or tried to call in and were unavailable too. But onward we move. We must push out an episode for the loyal fan base that makes up the pod squad. And uh, Jack, any final comments this week? No, just reiterating, Tom. We we apologize, guys, for the uh, for maybe the shorter episode and those guys who called in. We really enjoyed that. Um, unfortunately, we were just having technical difficulties, but um, nonetheless, we will put the episode out. It will be up. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, we. I love getting the fans involved. It's not always easy logistically, and sometimes these things come together quickly. Um, like I said today, Instagram wasn't cooperating either, so. Um, if you guys, you know, are an avid listener and you think you bring something to the table, you have an idea for the show, don't hesitate. Reach out to us. Let us know. We can try to send something up. You know, me and Jack have been doing these over Zoom lately. Um, we can get you in the Zoom calls we did with AJ and Brandon and, uh, we can, we can chat it up, man. Just have a good time together. So, uh, thanks for tuning in, boys. Um, if you guys didn't hear, Lions lost again. We're 0-4. Pain is in my heart, but, um, there's always next week. We've got the Vikings coming up. And congratulations to everyone whose team won this weekend. I can't relate. But, boys, we will see you next week. Peace. Dirty Dan, I miss you. Please, won't you come home? Dirty Dan, I miss you. It's been way too long.